0: Welcome to Audible Brutality. Two grouchy musicians humorously complaining about the state of music today. Featuring Adam Percy and Tim Vanderven.
1: take it away, Adam and Tim. Tim, how are you? I'm well, man. How are you, bud? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad we got this all set up and ready to go. How's
0: the How's the COVID-19 treating you out there, uh, Mr. Isolation Guy?
1: I don't know. I, I haven't really been outside of my property. I work from home, so my wife is having a bit of a time with it. Uh, mm. She's in a business that, or actually she works for a nonprofit that essentially is being deemed an essential service. So she will be out there pretty regularly, but they shut the shelters down here in BC, the animal shelters. So, um, so she's going to be fairly isolated as she works, but yeah, it's, I think it's kind of freaking her out a little bit understandably. So, but yeah. yeah, it's
0: tough. It's tough. You know, we have, uh, I don't think we're going to have any school, like high school or anything like that, or colleges or universities till sometime in May, per, perhaps the end of May. Yeah. That's here in Quebec. Uh, I don't know what it's like in BC, BC right now. So um,
1: it's, it's, yeah. I think it's fairly the same, to be honest. I think it's pretty close to the same. Yeah. I, I it, it's so weird because like the last time we actually spoke, mm-hmm. things were not like this. <laughs> no, <laughs> like everything, everything ago. kind
0: of took a... Everything kind of took a left turn, like uh, I don't know, about three four days ago. So
1: yeah, it's kind of freaky. Uh, I think Bandcamp did a thing yesterday where I think they 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 waived their fee. So one hundred percent. Yeah, they the waved all their
0: they waived all their commissions. Yeah,
1: which is which is pretty cool. But yeah, super freaky. Really kind of fucked up. <laughs>
0: Well, it's crazy. If you think about it, what happens in a situation like this is um, so all the businesses start to close down and you start to realize that the money is actually not coming from the top. It's coming from the bottom. So it's coming from all the people that are going to work day by day. And what's happening right now is everybody's binge watching things on Netflix and on Amazon prime (laughs) and crave and all that stuff. And you know what it is when you have nothing left, what happens? You look to art. So This is kind of a, in a way, it's great that people are looking to art, but I have a feeling that, you know, nobody's able to go out and buy really any art. You know, maybe you could buy some stuff on iTunes if you want, or like the aforementioned Bandcamp. Yeah. But... You know, you want to go buy some records, let's say. Let's say that, you know, your favorite band has just released a bunch of stuff and you're like, oh, I've been waiting for this for the last six months and it's like, boom, everything's closed. Or you should be quarantined somewhere. You shouldn't be going out. Yeah. So you you don't want to be running out to grab that new record or whatever or that new disc or, you know, and you're trying to find it online perhaps. You know, maybe that's one thing that's in our favor to some degree that people can buy things online but it's still these are these are odd times and it's again everybody's turning to art to fill the void you know i i'm in the middle of a two week quarant not a quarantine but we're just we've pulled ourselves away from everything so that none of us catch it yeah uh you know the the whole flatten the curve thing right so it's uh it's interesting to say the least
1: i'm actually really curious to sort of see i'm sure everybody hopes this blows over soon but uh I'm I'm interested to see sort of what happens after. It's impossible to predict, but what the state of things mm-hmm. is gonna be like after. I mean, you mentioned like find some new tunes, wanna binge watch Netflix, Netflix and chill. But when when you're not employed <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. where it's it's kind of hard to sort of commit spending money on that their vinyl yeah like you might see a resurgence in downloads but i who's producing vinyl right now too
0: there's there's nobody there to do it people are probably staying home justifiably i
1: mean yeah uh, that's you know studios god holy shit like i can't even imagine like yeah. you know that's something where you're you're dependent on people making music in a confined space we
0: can you know, what we could do? We could talk about some some music, and we could talk about some things. I know that a friend of mine here in uh, Montreal, uh, Melissa, she is still actively searching for country singers and country artists to appear on her radio show, which I think is pretty cool.
1: Oh, right on.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I I dig that people are still trying to sort of do that sort of thing in, in these dark times. You know that that uh, they're still trying to. Yeah, again, art is going to save us. Uh, art is going to be what you know. You might not have enough money to get that box of craft dinner, but man, those tunes on your iPod are going to save your life. So, hey, I had an I had an idea for this whole thing too, because I, as you recall, Adam, I have that that box next to my recording setup called Oblique, Oblique Strategies. Strategies. Strategies.
1: Uh Brian Eno. Brian Eno
0: and Peter Schmidt. Yeah. And I think it'd be fun to do every now and then just like, just to shake things up and to change topic, pick a random card. So what's it say? Oh, (laughs) well, this is funny. Okay. This card says use unqualified people and unqualified is in parentheses, is in quotes, not parentheses quotes. How would you and I use unqualified people right now? How would we do that?
1: How would we do that? I don't know. Um, invite my kid on the show and talk about (laughs) music. Uh, He's got some interesting taste in music. That's he's not necessarily qualified, but he's not a musician.
0: Well, that's it. But don't they all though? I mean, um, you know, I I was just thinking that is, that is a way to break things up, you know, so that we don't talk about COVID for the next two and a half hours or whatever. Let's pick another one just for fun. So unqualified people. Oh, Adam, what would your closest friend do?
1: He'd start a podcast with me.
0: Well, that's what happened. You know, but. Uh, <laughs> what okay. would Tim so do per-
1: now? Perhaps a terrible card.
0: Uh, All right. So <laughs> perhaps this idea, which sounded great in my mind, is awful in a podcast. Oh, wait a minute. Try faking it. Perfect. Here we go.
1: All right. Well, that was yeah, I'm kind of faking it now, man. I have no idea <laughs> That's what the I'm card doing. I just pulled. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, okay. So let's talk about some music for a bit. Yeah, um, man. I've, uh, I, as, uh, I was telling Adam before we, we came online here, I dug up a couple of our old, uh, songs from that Adam and I've been writing together and collaborating probably since, probably since like 98, since we met when we were in this band called North Star Jack. Yeah. So we've been sort of bouncing ideas off each other because we've sort of been, we both have a love of synthesizers, even though yes, I play drums. But we both have this love of synthesizers. We love electronic music. Um, Again, as a drummer, that's, you know, most drummers look at electronic music and go, but uh, um, there's no drums in that. So like, why do you like that? And the strange thing is I've always found that electronic music for me anyways, really good electronic music stimulates me in the same way that um, orchestral music does. Yeah, it's sort of like, I'm listening to i I'm listening to a Mozart symphony. I'm listening to a a Bach concerto. I'm listening to a Beethoven opera of which there's only one, but you know, I've, I've listened to it and I own it. And the same way that good electronic music stimulates me, it stimulates me in the same way that orchestral music does in that the brain starts to think differently for me anyways, you know, I sounded like Ricky from trailer park boys there for a second, you know, with the brain learning things <laughs> in the head,
1: but. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that. Cause uh, you know, actually a lot of the sort of early attempts of electronic music, like if you look at like switched on Bach, Wendy, Walter, Car- Carlos, um, yes. you know, I, anything coming out of the BBC workshops for television, um, Incidentally, like
0: Palmer for crying out
1: loud. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, uh, you know, sort of the early days were, were these sort of, um, or, you know, even, uh, you know, stuff like music concrete, um, mm-hmm. all of that were these, in a way, kind of like, they definitely weren't attempts at pop songs. They were certainly more Yeah, I, I guess like classical in the sense that they're trying to stimulate you in a whole bunch of different ways, as opposed to just listening and dancing or something. You know, <laughs> like you're 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 transported somewhere. And that's yeah, yeah, it's actually that's pretty good analogy, man. Not bad for a drummer. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. eh? You know, every now and then I I remember to you know sit levelly on the stage so that the drool comes out of both sides of my mouth because that is a more flattering look. (laughs) Um, But electronic music has always fascinated me, and I've I've dabbled in it a bunch uh, with you. I've dabbled in it a bit with my friend Paul Casey. Yep. I've dabbled in it a bit by myself, and it's always something that it's. I think the trap in electronic music is, is falling in love with a sound and just doing that sound, you know, yeah. like, oh, that's so great. And then you do eight minutes of like, you know, and you and you're sitting, listening to it thinking, this is dope. And you play it for your friends and they're like, yeah, but it doesn't really go anywhere, man. What's it doing? Yeah. You know? And you're like, what? No, my, this is my creative genius. I think there's, there's there, I suppose that trap exists in pop music too where you think that you know you've you just played the first the fourth then the fifth and you're like my god I just wrote a song you know Yeah So which you kind of did but uh I think that the the tra- the pitfall for me anyways with pop, with uh not pop but with electronic is that you get those really super cool t- sounds uh you know and you and you kind of get stuck on it and you can't get beyond that. That happens to me. I don't know if that happens to you, Adam. Maybe you could talk about that. Well, but, yeah, I, yeah,
1: I I kind of agree. I mean, you know, there was sort of a period in the late 80s where all of a sudden synthesizers were sort of moving off of this. People were getting bored of analog. They didn't, you know, because all of a sudden, you know, they're introducing like, um, and I'm not knocking things like the DX7 or anything like that, but mm-hmm. like all of a sudden now you have a keyboard that has these, fairly accurate sounding presets where, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, I, I can, I can now tinkle a roads or, and I just said tinkle, <laughs> you know, or. You
0: tinkle or, your roads in, in private, my friend.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or have like fairly accurate sounding string sounds or that kind of thing without really sort of a whole lot of work. And I, which I think there was, there was a lot of demand for at the time, you know, making electronic music, prior to roughly even, I guess, even like the last 15, 20 years was, was actually pretty difficult process to do. And -hmm. it was also a really expensive hobby. So it wasn't for everyone and keyboard manufacturers were trying to reach the mass public. I think there was sort of a lot of demand for these kind of keyboards that were sort of more workstations that have, you know, again, relatively accurate piano sounds and string sounds and horn sounds. Um, And, Talk about getting stuck in a sound. Like, I actually, I was talking to my brother-in-law about this last week. You know, any track from the 90s, pretty much, if it has an M1 piano sound in it, I can hear it. <laughs> that sound got used so much. So, yeah, I, I think... You know, what wound up happening is is a lot of people who started, as access to this instrumentation got sort of more open, which was great, there also was this kind of trap where people were sort of stuck with, oh, I just want to hear this same sound over and over and over again. And I think it's maybe slightly on the opposite of what you were talking about, where it's like, ooh, I've just made a cool, spooky sound and nobody gets it. I think in a lot of ways, the opposite is also true. And I think this is how you almost get a lot of how pop music sounds today, where there's this focus on the instrumentation over the substance of the song. So... And again, I I don't necessarily like bashing modern music. That's not really what I'm doing, but it is, I think, something that... um, And and especially since actually electronic music in a lot of ways evolved into how we record things now. All that software like Cubase, Logic, you know, which was I think called Performer back in the day, like all these programs were actually originally designed for MIDI production, for controlling Mm -hmm. synthesizers, and then... Next thing you know, these guys are like, oh, well, you know, maybe we can build in an audio component. And then, yeah, Digital Design came along. And next thing you know, you have the DAW. So the DAW is actually just sort of like the natural evolution of these, essentially, these MIDI sequence programs. Um, well, I
0: rem- I do remember using Cubase, the original Cubase, um, in a recording in, I want to say, 93, because I was trying to, as the, yeah, yeah I'm a drummer, But I was the (laughs) piano player in the studio for that band, and it was going to save us a whole lot of time if I just did my stuff once, and we went back and and fixed my mistakes. Click, 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 click. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember it being such a light bulb moment when that happened that, and the same from the guy I was working with Paul Casey at the time, when we're going through it, it was just like, we can just, okay, so quantize, boom, everything's now in time, then there's a mistake in that spot, blank, okay, let's pull that out, it's, it's supposed to be a D, It's it's actually D sharp, let's pull it down. And I, I just watched the engineer move all this stuff around, and at the end of it, I'm like, "Look at me! I'm 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 a one take piano whiz now." You yeah. know? <laughs> and that was using Simpty to tape, so that yeah. the, so that the, Cubase in in the Atari computer could communicate with, um, you know, could could play in time with what's going on on tape.
1: Yeah, to lock so, into the production. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know, in in a lot of ways even people who maybe don't like electronic music do kind of owe a lot of how music is made now to electronic music. There's kind of no way around it. And do I think electronic music has something to answer for, for a lot of the sort of cookie cutter stuff that we have now? Yeah. Um, Yeah, But but I think you're also like, kind of like with vinyl, you're sort of seeing this resurgence of like a lot of electronic musicians now are, are sort of like, bored with just bringing their laptop on stage and just sort of like, look at me, I'm, I'm deep and esoteric. There's actually a (laughs) lot of, there's a lot of effort right now, actually to, because the technology has moved forward so much, there is more of a boutique electronic thing going on now where a lot of people are actually genuinely trying to make electronic music, make it live and make it without a DAW to actually be able Mm -hmm. to somehow perform this. So in that sense, I think it's moving forward in a lot of ways. So I'm not necessarily like trying to come down on it. It, it. You know,
0: it's. No, no, no. I think for every person that says they hate folk music, they love Bob Dylan. For every person that says. They hate rap music but they think that iced tea is dope or they think that uh the Beastie Boys are great. Yeah. It's it's never an all-encompassing hatred of something. It's for the people that say they don't like electronic. They probably don't like ns, 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 yeah. which, to be fair, that's that that's a different thing altogether. So, you know, I say to the people that don't like electronic, you haven't you just haven't heard electronica you like.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, to, to be fair a, with the mm, 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 mm kind of stuff, it, there's actually a reason why that evolved the way that it did. Has it kind of gone a little bit out of control with a lot of that? Yeah, kind of. But there still actually is a lot of good techno or four-on-the-floor style electronic music out there. It is mm-hmm. it is endemic in modern music now to to have that almost straight kind of beat. But, um, what was I, where did I see it? I think I saw it on Instagram somewhere. Someone posted a clip from that new high fidelity show, which I haven't watched mm-hmm. yet, but I actually really want to check out cause the book is awesome. But it was, um, a, a clip of these two guys from in, in the show in a bar talking about disco and essentially how it's kind of unfair, how everyone shits on disco and it, it was actually kind of fascinating because of one of the things that one of the guys says is, you know, like, well, you know, disco, and, and I never actually thought about this, but it makes total sense. He, he said something like disco is, is the first time that music largely made by gay or homosexual people got a chance to be heard on the radio. And mm-hmm. that's why it was popular because it was was brought up in a lot of these clubs where being gay was a lot more accepted than pretty much anywhere else in the world. And right. so, and I've never actually, honestly, have ever had a problem with disco and disco in a lot of ways is the precursor to a lot of that oonts, oonts, oont kind of stuff, man. Like, let's face it. It's, it's a little slower, but it's essentially the same kind of rhythm, same kind of beat. Its <clears throat> purpose is to make your ass move, man. And well, that's I the mean, intent. Yeah.
0: I've seen I've seen DJs back in the, even back in the 80s mixing records or even once I saw a guy mixing tapes which was crazy mixing tapes and records to play the oh, bah to keep the dance party going from multiple songs from multiple artists
1: oh yeah grandmaster flash pioneered that whole thing where where yeah you almost you're literally just like one of the records you're throwing down all it's doing is putting the beat and the other record is so another like you said it keeps the party going people just want (laughs) to keep if you're dancing yeah if you're dancing you just want to hear that beat all the time that's it so yeah, do do some people not like techno? Yeah, maybe, but maybe they just haven't been to the right club, man. <laughs> like- That's
0: it. I would say I would say that to any uh, anyone who's listening to this and any aspiring sort of electronic guys. Hey, man, send us your stuff. We'll tell we'll tell you what we think. Yeah, and we'll be uh, we'll be nice, you know. Will be you know if it's just a bunch of you know maybe you know maybe put something in there. I would recommend people that really want to learn or like electronica that want to sort of get the idea of what it's about. Listen to a bunch of early Orb records from yes. the nineties, and it, and it was you, Adam, that got me into those guys back then because yeah. I was starting to move towards that. And there's there's a few there's a few beauties out there of them. Orbis Terrarum is a great example of. Yeah taking spoken word mixed with music, mixed with sounds, mixed with soundscapes that transports you somewhere. And uh, that's a great one. There's, um, I'm trying to remember, the Oblivion, I think it's called, is the yep. one with all the uh, the towers on it from around the world. Yep. So, like, stuff like that, I just find, like, and even if you want to go way back in time, you can, you can look at stuff like... Um, um, uh good good job tim the train left the station uh. I just forgot the band you were going to mention They're all the german bands Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk there you go yeah yeah uh, dude
1: I actually have been listening to a lot of Kraftwerk lately I've, I've kind of gone a little bit back in time with that because mm-hmm. you know now that I know how complicated it is or how it was at least to to make electronic music back then those guys were like doing some real it sounds like in a lot of ways now when you listen to Kraftwerk a lot of people will probably go if you've never heard it before it would be like what's this weird rinky dink stuff but at the time it was mind-blowing it took so much work to make that happen And, Mm -hmm. you know, to be fair to Kraftwerk too, they had some pretty catchy fucking numbers, man. Like, they were like, they're actually really good songwriters, man. And I've seen a few interviews with those guys. Uh, Tim and I have talked about this a lot before, but there's a really fantastic documentary, if you can find it on YouTube, uh, from the BBC called Synth Britannia. And it talks all about sort of the evolution of electronic music in Britain, Basically, from the punk era right up, I think, until the mid to late '80s, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's really fascinating because yeah, there definitely there was. Tim and I have talked a lot about the '80s before. Uh, we lived through the '80s; we're old fuckers. <laughs> and uh, but you know, a lot that's of why, people sort of grouchy. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people think of the '80s as like you know Katrina and the Waves, or you know, like you know, Walking on Sunshine and happy stuff. And
0: well what what's, what's what's actually funny about that is that one of the the principal songwriter of that song Kimberly Rue was originally in the Soft Boys with Robin Hitchcock prior to that. So right. he he's got some some what, what the kids called in the early 2000s indie cred. I mean, he was he was a Soft Boy an original Soft Boy with Robin Hitchcock, you know, so Yeah. yeah well, this is
1: maybe sort of like again like sort of a bring around to what we started talking about which is being forced to be shut-ins well these guys were writing electronic music in britain like you know bands like cabaret voltaire or actually human early human league is not mm-hmm. so poppy and happy when they get started it's they're actually responding to the really terrible situation in britain in the 70s and responding to punk music and sort of the asurgence of punk music and it's weird, like, you know, you you listen to these guys and they all actually have really super broad taste in music. And when I was younger, I always kind of thought, you know, oh, well, you know, to be electronic, you know, into electronic music, you must only listen to electronic. Nah, these guys were listening <laughs> to loads yeah. of stuff, man. Like, you know, any anything from like classical to David Bowie to whatever. They were just into um, early OMD, same kind of thing. Like that that stuff was so progressive and it was so hard to make so a lot you of you gotta that, be a
0: sponge man yeah gotta be a sponge
1: absorb absorb be mr clean uh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's
0: it i mean like so i guess we could ask for people to see if they have any uh submissions they'd like to send to us we could drop yes. them in the next show see what's going on see if anybody's got anything
1: yeah send us um, your stuff for sure we to be honest like we tim and i have pretty broad tastes and we actually are always on the hunt for new, interesting stuff. And it doesn't have to be electronic. If you actually just are a good musician, you like our podcast, send it to us. Love to hear it. Yeah, we love to hear what you got, man. Bring up your dead
0: songs. Anything. So send, us your, send us your stuff. And if it takes us several weeks to get to it, cool. Because... I would love it if we had a backlog of amazing, amazing material to talk about. And again, let's, let's go back to the Brian Eno cards here. Yeah, Brian says always first steps.
1: Well, shit. This is a first step. This is like our podcast yep. demo. <laughs> this, this is it. like the, the is pilot project, man. Brian's on today, man. What's going on with that?
0: Yeah, he seems to—he seems to be reading both of our our open minds. Why so. do I
1: keep thinking of something from the hilarious House of Frightenstein? Do you remember that show, Billy? Van? I do. You
0: want to throw a golf ball at an ape? Is that what you want to do? Oh, no, no, or a ping I'm pong ball to, at
1: an ape? Wasn't there something where like they pull a a message out or something? Or maybe I'm thinking of SCTV and and the Count, uh, mm. Count Floyd. Am I getting it wrong? Somebody You're fixing all of
0: me. your Canadiana together.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, you know what? Maybe it was Count Floyd because he was doing the um, old Johnny Carson thing where he'd take the letter and put the letter next to his head and he'd say something and then open it up oh. and the letter would anyway. I'm sorry, that was a totally weird ass tangent. That
0: was the old that was the old Karnak bit on Carson, man. Yes, Karnak, exactly.
1: Right? I actually and, uh... I actually have two Fezzes on my on my monitors right now. Nice. So I could do that. I could actually you could do that.
0: You could Karnak this stuff up. I mean, the one that I remember of Karnak that was the funniest, I thought, was where Johnny Carson puts the envelope to his head and says, Sis, boom, ba. Right. And he opens the envelope, and inside the envelope, it says, the sound of a sheep exploding. <laughs> so
1: I just blew Boobly silly. out of my nose. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, we're man. gonna edit
0: that so it just says I just blew buble. So. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> no, no, don't, no, we're not. Uh, and it's it's not COVID coming out of my face, man. I swear to God. There you go. There you go. Uh,
0: <laughs> COVID, COVID. It's COVID 18 He needs the upgraded patch. Yeah,
1: that's, I'm still
0: on co- I'm still on COVID XP. So my, my so firmware
1: right, yeah. needs to be adjusted. And I just that's said, what that's firm. what she said. So, uh, <laughs> God, uh, you want to do what now? the advice to guitar players corner with the the musical
0: corner. Ding, 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 ding.
1: (laughs) Yes. Advice to guitar players. All right, Tim, what is some advice that we can give to guitar players? Because guitar players.
0: Starting with turning down a little bit, perhaps getting a decent stage volume. I mean, I've worked with a number of guitar players that are fantastic, that know what they're doing, that, you know they show up and all, and they blend in and everything is perfect. There's there's a few out there that I've played with that don't. That their favorite things are them and then more of them. Those are their top two favorite things, anyways. But I would say, like you would do with any any musician, is if you're if you're in a band, what's the song? What are you trying to deliver as your message in the song? And if the message is I'm a bitch and guitar player, maybe you should form your own band where you're the leader. There are loads of great guitar player singers out there and even they stay out of the vocals way. Go listen to some Stevie Ray Vaughan. He's not playing (laughs) while he's, while he's singing. Well, he's staying out of his own way.
1: You know, I'm actually still surprised that a lot of people don't know that Stevie Ray Vaughan did a fair amount of guitar work on David Bowie's let's dance. Oh,
0: he's all over it. Yeah. He's he's all all
1: over over it, but he's definitely not walking on David. While he's singing, you know, China Girl has like some wonderful little tasty blues licks that are, but he's, he's almost never throwing them down on top of Bowie, you know, arguably one of the best blues guitar players of all time. And he's showing amazing amount of restraint and everything that he puts down on that album is pretty much sonic gold. Poured out of a silver chalice. It's great.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. And I think that's the, that's the lesson to take away is that if you've got your own band and you're the hotshot, you know, wangity wang guitar player, cool. Let's see if anyone shows up. But when you're when you're hired to do something like this, when you get into another band and it's more of a collective and it's more of an or even in the case of David Bowie where he's got an idea, but he says here, I'll give you a bit of rope. Do your thing. You still wanna you you wanna serve the song. That's all you want to do, yeah. you know?
1: Well, and and that's another actually good comparison. Let's Dance is a fairly like it's sort of considered Bowie's 80s album, I guess, right? The, yeah, the, yeah, his sort of take on New Wave. And it's I find it endlessly fascinating that. He basically got this blues rock guy to come in and play guitar. And that's exactly what he does. He completely serves every song that he's on. It doesn't matter that he's playing on a new wave record, you know, or what someone would consider Bowie's version of new wave. He's, he serves every track that he plays on and it sounds great. So
0: that's, that's the lesson right there is to do what you, uh, do what's what's needed for the song. Make the song great, serve the song. To quote Robert Plant, that the, the song Houses of the Holy, the music is your let the music be your master. That's right. That's what it is. It's you've that's the beauty of the stuff that you probably listen to. If you're into death metal and you're playing very intricate stuff, again, pay attention to what those guys are doing. Those guys are not playing anything that's superfluous or extraneous. They're playing everything precise and perfect, and it's so. Again, they're serving the music. The music is is calling for this specific stuff. It's not calling for someone to step all over the intricacies and the time changes.
1: I've I've been to my share of metal shows, and while it's not particularly my my you know sit in genre, it is from my perspective. It it is a very precision kind of music, and you know pretty quickly. If the guys on stage are up for that task, because it is, Mm -hmm. it's, I I actually argue it's probably one of the hardest forms of modern music to actually do um, and do well, you know, because yeah, they may be playing literally like 16th notes all the way through the verse. But, you know, try doing that. It's hard. You know, it's work, man. And doing it in a way that, like, offers the kind of precision that people expect. It's very hard. I think, actually, from a drummer's perspective, the, the thing that always blew me away at, like, the, some of the shows that I saw, I saw this band called Strapping Young Lad in Vancouver. Probably one of the loudest fucking shows I've ever heard. And I was gobsmacked at the drummer. This guy actually looked like he needed a respirator half the time. He was like, but he was on for every song and he is just doing some of the the craziest, most intense drumming I think I've ever seen And his precision was like meter tight. And yeah, it was, you know, it's, it's hard, man. That is it. Honestly, I kind of do a little bit of a bow down sometimes to people who do that well because it's, it's not something that I think I would be very good at. It's again, it takes a huge amount of precision and time spent playing and practice and yeah. That's that's it's, my it's, Adams, Adam's metal talk for the day.
0: Well, it's good because it's it's again it's it's all forms of music. There's something that you need to be doing within the music that is different from the next subset of musical <clears throat> idioms, if you will. Yep. You know, to be a great folk drummer. You need to be quiet, stay out of the way, and make something make the song move a bit.
1: What What was that and, that example you s- told me recently where where yeah don't try to drop that Neil Pert fill in the middle of the <laughs> the folk yeah, tune that that
0: that bitchin' role that he did in subdivisions fits perfectly <laughs> in subdivisions, but it does not fit in Come Over the Mountain or some you know some folk song. I mean, so, there's always uh,
1: exceptions to the rule, and maybe somewhere that it would work, but. For the most part, generally, to, you know? You really have to, I think, kind of know what the fuck you're doing <laughs> to have that kind of brass. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> listening. Neil it's Purdy all about the middle a folk song.
0: It's all about the ears. You got to listen. You got your ears are the most important thing when you're out there playing. So, you know, if you're out there creating great art, it's it's and great music and even just a catchy song. I mean, you can go listen to your John Denver records. And tear them apart and say, Oh, I hate that guy, man. He's all over the radio and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well go listen to those songs. They're a lot of those are perfect little pop
1: songs. You my, know? my son loves Rocky Mountain High. He knows all well, who doesn't? It's a great all song. All the words to that song. Yeah.
0: It's a beautiful song. I mean, you know, even uh, uh Country Roads, you know. Yeah. That sort of stuff. It's, it's, these are perfect little moments. Could you imagine country roads, take me home. <laughs> big bass roll, big bass drum thing, you know, big uh, bass guitar lead, you know, guitar player,
1: wah, wah, wah,
0: in the yeah. middle of that. No, 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 All of a sudden the song goes from being uh, a classic to like, what are you trying to do to my ears? Please take those screwdrivers out.
1: And by you the, know, buying, um, in contrast to that, take Neil Peart out of, Rush and watch what happens. It doesn't. Well, just listen to their
0: first record. Listen to their first record. Yeah. The different the difference between, you know, when people talk about Neil Peart, he changed that band, you know, um, going from the first record with Alec Rutsey, or what's his name? No, not Alec. Um, I forgot his name. Rutsey, John Rutsey. And uh, going to Neil Peart to Fly By Night, the next record, it's night and day. Yeah. All of a sudden, Rush went from just some rock trio to... A powerhouse rock trio, but that was appropriate for that band. So Neil Peart's not appropriate in ABBA, you know. Right. But ABBA's drummer's not appropriate in in Rush. So, you know, you got to play what what the song calls for. And if you don't like what you're doing, go to another band. Find another band. Don't don't try to. You know, don't be that guy that decides he's going to play six hundred bass notes in the middle of a a sweet little love song about a breakup. That you know, because you're you're working with somebody that's just written a bunch of songs about a breakup, and you're like, I got to show everybody what kind of a bitch and bass player I am. Maybe
1: we should we shouldn't call this advice to guitar players. We should call this producers' tips. Angry producers' tips with Tim and Adam.
0: (laughs) Tips from behind the glass with (laughs) Adam and Tim. Tips
1: from behind. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I play your cards right. Yeah,
1: you. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm it looks a like the old man.
0: You are, you are you, are, you, are, you I'll, I'll go with the old man part. So
1: <laughs> Tim to all those about to rock this podcast, I salute you. We salute you. We salute oh. you. Audible Brutality is presented by Adam Percy and Tim Vandeven, and recorded remotely on Denman Island, British Columbia and in St. Jerome, Quebec. Music submissions or general inquiries can be made through our website at audiblebrutality.com. Give us a like on Facebook or Instagram. And of course, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the Audible Brutality podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Thanks for listening.